Hello and welcome to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Lavelle. Probably the most dangerous dimension of NATO's Ukraine proxy war on Russia is the issue of escalation. Washington and its allies warn Moscow not to escalate, while the West has repeatedly done so. NATO's indifference to escalation puts us all at peril. To discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by my guests, Martin Jay in Marrakesh. He's an award-winning journalist and commentator. And in Budapest, we have George Samueli. He is a podcaster at The Gaggle, which can be found on YouTube and Locals. All right, gentlemen, crosstalk rules in effect. That means you can jump anytime you want, and I always appreciate it. All right, let's start out with George in, in Budapest. Uh, you and I have talked quite extensively about theories of escalation here. Um, and it's mentioned all the time, but I don't think there's a lot of um, broadly, it's broadly understood what's going on here. So just give us the, what you think is the West's theory of escalation, George. Well, I think the West theory of the escalation is that it is convinced that Russia is afraid of escalating. Russia is afraid of extending the war beyond Ukraine's borders, and Russia is afraid of uh, going nuclear, of you know, basically using the uh, it, its ultimate weapons. That means for the West, this is a freebie, that it can do whatever it wants. So essentially, deterrence has broken down, because the West say, look, we can, you know, provoke Russia as much as we want. We, you know, we can uh, send our most sophisticated weapons to Ukraine, let Ukraine uh, use their weapons on Russian territory, as uh, the UK Foreign Secretary, um, James Cleverly, inaptly named, uh, said. They said, well, yeah, you know, fine, you know, that, that's okay. Because we know Russia will be afraid of escalating because Russia is afraid of us. Russia is afraid of going to war with us. We, on the other hand, are not afraid of Russia. We, on the other hand, are not afraid of uh, escalating. And so, therefore, and Russia knows that we are not afraid, so therefore we, we can do what we like. And, and that's why it's just on the road to escalation. And everything it's doing is basically rejecting any uh, negotiation short of total Russian surrender. And now, as obviously one of the West's demand is that uh, Putin be brought to justice. In other words, there can be no end to this conflict until Putin is sitting behind bars at The Hague. And, and that is just an, an ongoing thing, much as uh, NATO was really at an ongoing war against the Serbs until they handed Milosevic over and he was sitting behind bars at The Hague. I, I want to talk about political escalation a little bit later, but this is a really good point. Martin, what, th what, what do you think about this? Because um, this assumes that... Um, there's, this is a big game of bluffing. And, um, you know, if we go back to the origins of the special military operation, Russia said that there would be consequences if its security demands were not met. And uh, uh, there, uh, well, well the, the, the West thought with, uh, that the Russians were bluffing and the bluff was called. Now, I cannot disagree in any respect of what George had to say here. The only problem is, is the um, um, the time scale, the context here, because Russia is putting up with, with a lot of this. You're absolutely right, having a third party attacking your country. I mean, this is extraordinary for a great power. But the, at a certain point, 
I, I still will contend that, you know, the Russians are not bluffing and then they will use whatever means is necessary to protect their security, just that they have a different interpretation of how about to go, uh, how, how to go about doing it. But George is right. I mean, the, the longer this period long, uh, is extended, the more the West is emboldened and uh, emboldening the Ukrainians. Martin. Yeah, but that's actually a very dangerous move, isn't it? I mean, how, how much yeah. do you want to embolden the Ukrainians? I think your point about um, it's not uh, Russia that's bluffing. I think the West is bluffing. What the West is playing a massive um, uh, coup de théâtre with this uh, move. And I think also it's based not just on the art of the bluff, but I think it's also based on a lot of misinformation and disinformation within their own circles. I really believe that Western elites the leaders of these countries and NATO um, top brass are really buying their own narrative way too much. You know, they're looking at their own. When, and when you and when you witch hunt journalists and you create everything binary and you oversimplify everything and you you just create a black and white uh, scenario and strip out all the nuance and you encourage your journalists to do that and there's no real um, scrutiny from the press and the few journalists out there. They're actually doing this job, you know, either thrown into jail, arrested at Heathrow Airport, you know, like the Grey Zone um, guy, uh, uh, Kit uh, Clarenberg. And so is it the leaders themselves that are actually believing this drivel more and more? Because, you know, it's like a ratchet. It only turns in one way, this escalation. And as we as we witnessed, you know, more and more as the months go past, the stakes get raised higher and higher because... NATO and Western elites don't believe in this adage that when in the hole, don't dig. You know, now, you, you, you know, George has made his point about um, the, the Cleverly statement. You know, it's been a week of media gaffes, of people really putting their foot in their mouths. I don't know if you remember the Lindsey Graham uh, comments about, you know, the, 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 and, you know, did Graham even think about following that up by saying, well, actually, I'm also very sorry about, you know, the scores of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers that, you know, die, you know, not even a factor, you know, dead Ukrainians don't even factor into it. They don't even have any recognition at all, you know. Um, well, you know, Mark, I was thinking about before we convene here, and I, I often say on this program, I wonder what future historians will say. I'm going to throw it to George right now. Maybe it was, it's future psychologists we should be talking to, about, okay? The understanding the mindset of these uh, elites and, and, and Ukrainian uh, elites as well. Because the what is another element of this escalation is the inevitability of Russia's defeat. This is, they truly believe this. And that's what makes it even more dangerous, George. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that because they they believe this. Oh, Russia will be defeated. We will win. And then you know, then the next question is yes, but Russia is a nuclear superpower. How is it possible that a nuclear superpower just simply accepts defeat? It, it cannot happen. It's never happened. Um, they say, well, and you know, you know, that's the Russians. You know, they're you know, mystery wrapped in a riddle, encased, <laughs> embodied in an enigma, whatever that the saying well, is. Well, or George, they're, they're just bad guys, and bad yeah. guys don't. That that's right. That, that that's right. And then um, the but the issue of you know why are they doing this? That that cannot be you know answered in any very easy way. Because why have they gone all in for Ukraine? I mean, let's you know, remember, since 1940, between 1945 and 1991, the West was able to live with Soviet presence, you know, all, all the way after the Brandenburg Gate. I mean, you know, all, all those countries lived under uh, Soviet domination. 
um, that was okay. And, you know, they managed to sign all sorts of uh, vast, you know, far-reaching agreements with the Soviet Union, and, uh, and, and it never occurred to them to, uh, to provoke a conflict. But now, apparently, we can't live with, you know, a, a neutral Ukraine. Ukraine must be in NATO, and we're ready to sacrifice tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives, you know, destroy our own uh, economies, because Ukraine must be in, in NATO. The logic of that is, you know, is, is astounding. And again, as, as uh, Martin points out, the journalists, no, no journalist ever asks them, why? What, what is the reason? What's, what's the Western interest here? Why, why is it so important to us that Ukraine is a member of NATO? Yeah, and, and even after the illegal uh, change of power in 2014, you know, the world, it wasn't existential. I mean, we, we all were living and, we, you know, and, we, and, and there was a, supposed to be a management of the crisis in the Donbass, which I, I have to assume the Russians believed the West. We, now we know that it was fraudulent. But even during that time, it wasn't existential. No one was reaching for the button. Now we are. Martin. Yeah, and uh, you know it's accelerating at quite a, a pace. You know, we've got an important meeting of NATO uh, members uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, there's a huge row going on at the moment between uh, NATO members and and certain leaders of European countries and and Zelensky, um, because you know you've got to go back to March, where I wrote an article um, called "Dumb and, and Even Dumber" when I com compared uh, Macron and Schulz, who made an offer to um, Zelensky to talk peace with Russia, um, but as an incentive, we'll give you more weapons and sort of give you some sort of NATO membership. Now he's, you know, if you can't stop laughing at that, it's just an hilarious idea. And it's a good, very good example of just how twisted and warped and frankly wrong, mis misjudged completely how the West, is, as, as the West take on the situation with Russia. I mean, George is absolutely right. You can't really win against a nuclear superpower. But, you know, I wonder where this, this situation with Zelensky is heading. He seems to be going a bit rogue and he seems to be making alluded threats that, you know, if he doesn't get some sort of promise at this meeting in Vilnius, then, um, then what? He, going rogue could mean what possibly? Um, perhaps looking for a peace deal and turning his back on, on the West, you know, or completely going rogue with his own military, because we should never forget that the Ukrainian mission um, is really a Western mission entirely. No matter how many statements that the West makes or Biden makes in the press that we're not actually involved in the Russian war, you know, and I think this is something else which we should be looking at. It's a completely preposterous, this idea that the West is not at war with Russia, you know, and the, the James Cleverly statement, I think, was an indication that the future now is some sort of escalation beyond the borders, beyond the frontier. Well, that, that's right. exactly you know, what we've all been predicting. Uh, George, I'll just throw in here that Victoria Nuland also, you know, we, we've been planning uh, the counteroffensive with the Ukrainian. I mean, very transparent, okay, about um, uh, NATO involvement, specifically American involvement. We, we learned from uh, Scott Ritter last summer uh, that the Ukrainian military had been destroyed, and now this is a NATO, it, it may be um, uh, staffed, by Ukrainian soldiers, but this is a, a NATO army, George. Yes, well, this is uh, the usual NATO uh, doublespeak. Uh, so the UK provides essentially long-distance uh, missiles that they know Ukraine will uh, use 
against Russia, to kill Russians and target uh, targets in Russia. And then, but the UK said, well, we're not a party to the conflict. And then Stoltenberg says, yeah, we've been there. But the missiles are part of the conflict. Yeah, we've been there since 2014, but NATO is not a part of the conflict. And we're supposed to be idiots and accepting, okay, well, we're not a party to the conflict. And well, this is just a matter of Ukrainian self-defense. Even if true, you're still a party to the conflict. I mean, it's like, you know, even if what you said is true, it's not true, Ukraine is still a party. I mean, NATO is still a party to the conflict. And and this is but this is all part of the sort of NATO deception along with the lines of NATO is a defensive alliance. You know, we we keep expanding, we, we keep issuing all sorts of um, military commitments, but NATO is a defensive alliance. Well, also that we we had um, Burrell. Um, the High Commissioner of Foreign Affairs for the European Union saying that if if, um, if the West stopped aiding Ukraine, Ukraine would be defeated in two or three, a few days. Okay. Again, we get more and more evidence of involvement. And this is a good segue to go to a break, gentlemen. We're going to go to a quick break. And after that break, we'll continue our discussion on Ukraine. Stay with RT. Welcome back to Crosstalk, where all things are considered. I'm Peter Lell. This is the Home Edition. To remind you, we're discussing some real news. Okay, let's go back to Martin in Marrakesh. Um, I used the term political escalation in the first part of the program, and George already alluded to it. This is not... This has nothing to, to do with Ukraine. This is about forced regime change in Russia, a la what we saw in the Maidan in 2014. Now, the pieces that they assembled in 2014 in Kiev are, are, are hardly in existence or ever will be in existence. Nonetheless, that is the goal. And it's very interesting that we have talked about here before is the ICC, the International Criminal Court. That's that extra piece that they've thrown in. They're not going to rescind... The, the, those warrants, okay? That's a one-way direction, okay? And that is that that, that uh, foreshadows exactly what we're up up against here, and what real escalation is all about. Any kind of Ukrainian membership in NATO, what you know, NATO light membership light, that creates the conditions for a general war. Martin. Yeah, and uh, I suspect that um, that NATO members are going to offer Zelensky something, some sort of token. Um, at the next NATO uh, meeting to to calm him, um, but again, you know, talking about escalation and 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 Putin, really, really miscalculated. Um, the West now believes that it can provoke Putin into responding, and I think the James Cleverly comment uh, just this week really is probably a hint to uh, Zelensky that the future scenario, the future modus operandi of this war is going to be we will now start taking pot shots at russian military infrastructure on the other side of the border but we will face the cameras and say hey this isn't nato this isn't the west um this is the ukraine leadership because they're running their own war and um okay we are supplying them weapons but we're not actually involved in the war that's going to be the next narrative i see it coming already and i think the idea is that we can keep pushing and provoking putin um, in this escalation game of bluff is um, there's a limit to that. There's a limit to how far you can take that. I mean, it is a kind of trap. You know, so far, Putin has been well, the one... Let me, Martin, let, me, let me just interject here. Is, is that in lieu of the famed, storied counteroffensive that we keep hearing about? Or is this in conjunction, you think? 
Is the counteroffensive ever going to happen? I mean, you know, it was I spring, don't know if it's ever going to happen either. It was a spring counteroffensive. Now it's a summer counteroffensive. And, you know, we've had a, a statement from Zelensky and his commander in chief um, that they're about to launch the counteroffensive. That doesn't seem to be a very smart way of going about a surprise attack on Russia, announcing that you're just about to do it. So I wonder if it'll actually happen. I wonder if it's just a media myth, you know, something that's been thrown to Germany. Or, or, or it's possible, George, they had it and we just didn't realize it. Okay. It right. might have passed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think yeah. I mean, I, it, it, who knows? I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's possible that it, it won't happen because of, yes, there's a big media buildup, the counteroffensive. But if it doesn't happen, the media will just move on to another story. I mean, it's not like you know there'll be in, in rough interrogation and they're going to go to um, uh, Lloyd Austin and Millie. Hey, what happened to the counteroffensive? You promised us this and this and this. And they'll just forget it. You know, there'll be some other story uh, to focus on. Um, but the, but yes, I mean, what what they're doing with this escalation is they think that they've got Putin trapped. They think you know Putin doesn't know what to do. You know, we've been so clever. You know, we've outmaneuvered him. Uh, he doesn't know what to do because if he extends this war beyond his borders, he risks Article Five. NATO goes to war, and he doesn't want to do that. He's scared of NATO. You know, NATO is much stronger than uh, he is. You know, we've got this huge economy on our side. He's got this limited, weak economy on his side. We've got all these, uh, you know, armed forces bigger than his. So he, he's trapped. He can go nuclear, but. You know that that's that's going to um, you know either it could provoke us or it's going to alienate all his friends in the third world. You know all the India and China and Indonesia and Vietnam and the North Korea, even North Korea, they might just abandon him. So I think we've got him trapped. He has lost. He doesn't know what to do, and uh, and that's why they think they can just go on escalating and escalating because they think that they basically Putin's well, hands are tied. It's a very dangerous uh, calculation. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. you know why? You know why, George? Let me go to Martin on this. Oh, it, it's very, very dangerous. Very, very reckless because that's what they thought in in February two thousand one. Okay, you know it was um, that you know the conflict will will not occur, you know the, the the Russians would never dare to attack Ukraine. They 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 totally believe that. As a matter of fact, you know we had Anthony Blinken speaking um, to the press, lying through his teeth, lying. It was extraordinary. You know, oh, we took those uh, those uh, um, um, demands from the Russians very very seriously. We we we. Uh, um, uh, talked about having talks about talks and all that. No, that's complete fabrication. Okay, they thought that they had bluffed their way, bluffed Ukraine in to NATO. That they were wrong, and that's why George, George's analysis is, I think, spot on. That's their mindset, but, but it's a dangerous, very dangerous mindset because the Russians certainly don't see it that way. Go ahead, Martin. George's analysis is spot on. He's a terribly clever chap, and um, but I would add to that that um, it's not just that the West believes that Putin doesn't want to ruin his relationships with his partners by doing something like um, an, a, a nuclear strike. It's also that there is a belief in the West. A lot of opinion writers, leader writers in, in the best media that we have in, in America and Britain are arguing that Putin wouldn't do this um, inside Ukraine because there are too many people there on his side. There are too many Russian-speaking citizens. There's too much Russian military and a Russian, and a Russian strike may you know get out of hand may actually hurt a lot of his own people i don't think that's even credible you know i don't think that's i mean for me the million dollar question is not whether putin will retaliate when these stakes are raised and when we see the first real strikes on military positions 
along the Russian border. So I don't think that's the question at all. I think the million dollar question is when Putin responds, whether it's nuclear, whether it's ballistic or, or, or anything else, the question is what then does the West do? Because it's talked itself up to being this yeah. great yeah. defender, this defense organization. And you know, the, how many times are we going to hear this BS about NATO being all about de-escalation? For God's sake, who are you trying to kid? You know, all NATO's done since day one, where the Germans were only uh, sending helmets. You know, they've gone from helmets to tanks to long-range weapons. You know, we, we've just escalated every single month from the very beginning, where we thought we could win this war with just a couple of hundred million dollars of military kit. It'll all be over. That's what um, Boris Johnson thought in London. You know, they were all wrong, and they cranked it up and cranked it up. And now we're talking about longer-range weapons, British missiles, um, getting, you know, and, and, and Biden is also buying into this. He's talking about longer range weapons as well. We're talking about um, a whole load of kit, you know, being sent to Ukraine. What journalists are not talking about and what, 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 what Zelensky will not touch on when he makes these polemic statements to journalists is not really media kit, which is the top of his list. What he really needs and the real crisis here is he hasn't got men, he hasn't got boots on the ground. He hasn't got enough soldiers, and he knows it, and he realizes that, that there is time is running out on that side. Whether you can train these soldiers up, whether you can train F-16 pilots up in a relatively short space of time, British experts on TV yesterday were talking about three to four months. I think that's probably... Yeah, but, I mean, but, you know, Martin, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, if you look at the timelines to train these pilots and run the tanks and all that, and then make them interoperable to talk to each other with satellites and all that, that, that just tells us... They just want the, the 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 conflict to continue. Meanwhile, George, they keep um, spinning the roulette wheel. What's the combination for Putin to flee the Kremlin? You know, it, let's try again. Okay, maybe it's going to be another cross-border thing, or maybe an assassination of someone. You know, spin the wheel again. What's the combination here? They, they did that in Syria. Okay, now they're doing it with a nuclear power, George. Yes, it is. They're doing it with a nuclear power, and uh, you know they have. A uh, a certain disdain for Russia, you know. They you know they look and say, look at history. You know, 1917, they collapse. Uh, 1991, they collapse. Hey, maybe we can just you know keep keep doing this, and you know we're going to uh, you know provoke another collapse. But you know here, you know the, the question is, well, what about you know Western public opinion? And they think that they can control Western public opinion as long as they themselves are not in danger. As, as long as Germans are safe, as long as the Frenchmen are safe, they can say, well, we can do all of this. I mean, this is what, you know, Sergeant Schultz was heckled uh, at a big demonstration um, the other day. And he went screaming, oh, what are Ukraine, you know, Ukraine and so on. But, the, the, but again, then the question is, yeah, and we're Germans, we live in Germany, we've got German problems. Why exactly are we doing all this? Why exactly are we provoking you know, possible the nuclear war for Ukrainians. What what's in it for us? And that, of course, is you know what the Western leaders have not never addressed. And because they think that they can just do this, you know, spend a lot of money. But they you know they like spending lots of money. You know, it's, it's not their money. And hey, there's be a big reward at the end: the total collapse and disintegration of Russia. 
And that's right. You know, you know, Martin, it's, you know, when you look at so many of the problems in the West, so they're intractable, you know, we have huge divisions of wealth right now, huge debt problems, um, uh, aging population. None of those issues are sexy, but I'm going to go down in history. I took Russia out. Okay. That's what, you know, Victoria Newland, Boris Johnson, it's all these people here. They, they want to be part of this great crusade. You know, they, that's why, you know, we, we, uh, it's no coincidence that, you know, Zelensky, is Churchill, okay? They're trying to find these analogies to make it fit, but it doesn't. Mark? Yeah, wildly diluted, you know, and as long as you keep up with that narrative and you keep up with that messaging and you've got the media to support you with that, you know, you can keep it, you can stretch it out for as long as possible, but I think um, it, it can't go on forever. I mean, if you want to just have an idea, just, just to have a glimpse of how completely diluted, how completely out of touch the British political elites are on Ukraine, Ben Wallace, our defense minister in the UK, admitted to journalists this week that Ukraine is running out of weapons. Yeah. But in the same article, get this, in the same article, he actually says that we should be able to take Crimea before Christmas. I mean, what planet are you living on, man? You know, this, this the whole spring offensive thing has been blown. You know, now we're looking at the summer offensive and, you know, even Zelensky himself is admitting that there are holes in this plan. If you if you if you want to do the googling, you know, if people are prepared to look at the nuances. But I think what's interesting though is that when we keep ratcheting up and we keep putting um, more powerful weapons and bigger threats, and now we are goading the Ukrainians now on to do into into taking Russian strikes on the Russian side of the border. You know, where is all that leading? If you remember, Peter, on your very esteemed program about six months ago, I said to you, it's only a matter of time before British and, and American soldiers, boots on the ground, will be in Ukraine. I'm wondering if this is the next step now. I'm wondering if David, this is... I, I want you to hold that thought and save this space. We've run out of time. I want to thank my <laughs> And in Budapest, though, this is this is like a cliffhanger. And I want to thank our viewers for watching us here at RT. See you next time. Remember, Crosstalk Rules.